Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome to NBA Today, presented by Xfinity Mobile. The NBA suspends John Morant 25 games. Our senior NBA insider, Adrian Wojnarowski, he is here with the latest on the league's decision and what's next for the Memphis Grizzlies. Plus, is the Warriors championship window closing? Our panel, they break down the Dubs offseason outlook with a new general manager in town. And we all know Victor Wembanyama. he will be going number one in the draft. But how will his game translate to the next level? Could he possibly be even better in the NBA today? We start right now. Welcome to NBA Today, presented by Xfinity Mobile. We start with a developing story. The NBA announced this morning it has suspended Memphis Grizzlies star John Morant for 25 games due to conduct detrimental to the league. Now, Morant was already suspended from team activities on May 14th after a video on social media circulated showing the All-Star brandishing a firearm. Now, the NBA, they previously suspended Morant for eight games following a similar incident in March when he was seen on Instagram Live holding up a handgun while intoxicated at a Denver area nightclub. And you can see here in a statement released by the NBA Commissioner Adam Silver, he said, John Morant's decision to once again wield a firearm on social media, it is alarming, disconcerting, and given his similar conduct in the past, the potential for other young people to emulate John's conduct is particularly concerning. And he continued, quote, under these circumstances, we believe a suspension of 25 games, it is appropriate, and it makes clear that engaging in reckless and irresponsible behavior with guns, it will not be tolerated. For Ja, basketball, it needs to take a back seat at this time. And prior to his return to play, he will be required to formulate and fulfill a program with the league that directly addresses the circumstances that led him to repeat this destructive behavior. So with that as the background, we now welcome in senior NBA insider Adrian Wojnarowski. Woj, let's start here. How did the NBA land on 25 games as the appropriate suspension length for John Morant? Well, Malika, essentially you know, about three times more uh, than uh, the initial eight-game suspension, I think, but more so in line with, I think, other suspensions of behavior uh, in different manners that the league certainly uh, cannot tolerate. You look back last season, uh, Miles Bridges, 30 games for a domestic abuse, uh, uh, a domestic abuse charge in Charlotte, uh, 25 games in this situation, Malika. And with the new collective bargaining agreement, you have to play a minimum of 65 games mm. to be eligible for all NBA, uh, MVP, six man of the year, any of those awards. And for John Morant, who would be eligible for the Supermax, he obviously cannot reach that minimum of 65 games uh, with this suspension. So uh, it'll cost him $7.6 million in salary for those 25 games, a little over $300,000 a game. Yeah, for that 25-game suspension. Now, Silver also referenced certain requirements that Jaw's going to need to fulfill before he's actually able to return to the floor. So what specifically is the league expecting from him here? And there really are no specifics, and 
there's essentially a vagueness uh, to uh, what the league has laid out, and that was a big part of the reason that the Players Association today in issuing a statement uh, and expressing uh, their unhappiness, not just with the length of John Morant's suspension based on other uh, similar and perhaps not so similar uh, transgressions by players through the years and what those suspensions were, I think including some domestic, uh, domestic violence suspensions that were less than John Morant, uh, 25 games. Uh, but I think for the, for the Players Association, I think getting a sense, uh, a clarity on what that means. Listen, I think what the league is saying and what they described is they want to see with John Morant that the pattern of behavior, habits, uh, that he's displayed not just in these two incidences with the guns, the first in Denver uh, in March, and then the most recent uh, in the video in the car, but he's been investigated by the league uh, for well over a year, a year and a half, 12 months, in a number of instances where John Morant uh, seemingly put himself and others uh, in harm's way. And I think there's just been a pattern of behavior with John Morant that has been alarming, disappointing, and I think now I think the league, what they want to see as John Morant is away from the team, uh, first of all, that's this summer, but then into next season when he's not able to play, that he's taking steps to address that. They can tangibly see it. Now, he will be allowed to be around the team's facility mm. in Memphis. That's going to be open to him. That is open to him, so he can come in. He can work out. He can stay certainly in physical shape but also be around his teammates, his coaches, any other support staff uh, that might be helpful to him. And I think that's going to be an important part of this uh, is John Morant, I think, tries to uh, change, again, behavior habits uh, that may have contributed uh, to him being suspended now for a second time this time for 25 games to start the season. Yeah, you mentioned the Players Association statement. Excessive and inappropriate is the words that they used in that statement. Now, as our Bobby Marks has reported, John Morant does have a 30-day window here to file a grievance, but it would have to be Morant that does so. It's not the Players Association that is allowed to. Now, Morant did release a statement, Woj, saying, I've had time to reflect and realize how much I've hurt I have caused here. I want to apologize to the NBA, the Grizzlies, my teammates, the city of Memphis, to Adam Silver, to Zach Kleiman, to Robert Para, who gave me the opportunity opportunity to be a professional athlete and have supported me. I'm sorry for the harm that I've done. And he continued, he said, to the kids who look up to me, I'm sorry for failing you as a role model. I promise that I am going to be better. And to all of my sponsors, I'm going to be a better representation of our brands. And to all of my fans, I'm going to make it up to you. I promise. And he added, I'm spending the off season and my suspension continuing to work on my own mental health and decision making. I'm also going to be training so that I'm ready to go and I can be back on the court. I know my teammates, they're going to hold it down, and I'm so sorry that I won't be out there with you at the beginning of the season. I hope you'll give me the chance to prove to you over time that I'm a better man than what I have been showing to you. So I want to bring our own Zach Lowe, Kendrick Perkins, Richard Jefferson into the conversation here. And Richard, I'm going to start with you. When you saw this morning that 25 games was the suspension, what was your initial reaction here? I, I, I thought accurate. Uh, I, I think even in his message, now again, 
you know, you want to see him walk the walk, not necessarily talk the talk, but I think he addressed everything. I think he addressed the brands. I, I think he addressed the sponsorships. I think he addressed the kids that look up to him. When all of this was going down, you heard so many analysts. I, Mike Wilbon, the Hall of Famer, was like, I won't let my kids wear his shoes. And these are the things that, like, you have to understand. When people are betting on you, when people are investing in you, that's where the responsibility comes. And I think he understands that he fell short of that responsibility, and I think he's going to do everything he can to work back towards that. Perk, 25 games, do you believe that that is a lengthy enough suspension? Is that what you expected? Did you expect more? What are your thoughts? <clears throat> no, I, I, I think that's fair. I think Adam Silva was beyond fair with 25 games. I was expecting 25 to 30 games, but I'm very disappointed. Um, in a time after we just got through uh, watching and covering the NBA Finals when we're supposed to be moving on to the draft, talking about Victor Wimbanyamba and, and Scoot Henderson and Brandon Miller, here we are over the last couple of days, we've been talking about Zion Williamson and John Morant. And it's very disappointing because we're looking at two box office superstars that has, you know, risen to the point where every kid around the country wants to be them. And when I look at John and I talk and I look at how his shoes sold out within 48 hours and you walk in AAU arenas and uh, uh, AAU gyms and all the kids got his shoes on, like he's he's done uh, a disservice to them. I know he haven't committed an actual crime, but it's hurting the next generation. And I've talked about this time and time again, how Larry and, and, and Magic, how they passed the torch to Jordan and Jordan and Akeem Olajuwon and those guys passed the torch to Kobe Bryant and Shaq and Kevin Garnett and Tim Duncan. Here it is today. Guys are making 40 to 50-something million dollars a year, right? It's these guys' job and obligation to make sure they pass the torch and do it the right way because I'm going to tell you right now, the way that the league is trending, International players is the players that you should trust. If you want a franchise guy to build around, I'm trusting the international players that are coming in. You look at Jokic. We never hear anything about him outside of basketball. Think about Giannis. Nothing negative outside of basketball. Joel Embiid. Nothing negative outside of basketball. Luka Dantich. Nothing negative outside of basketball. And so when I think about What's going on right now? And I, everybody could give their perspective about Josh should have got more or what he's going to do, how he's going to come back. I'm disappointed on how he's represented for the culture and how he's not fulfilling what other guys have, have laid the foundation to put him in position where he's at right now. Woj noted the $7.6 million he will lose in salary for this 25-game suspension. That's a different addition, in addition to the 700000 he lost for the eight-game suspension uh, last season. Zach, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, Perk brought up a whole lot of geopolitical issues. I'm just going to narrow in on this specific case. This was about what I expected in terms of the number of games. And the Players Union statement about it being excessive and inappropriate. I think I have, I have two follow-up questions and I've already put these to the NBA and I haven't heard back yet. The first is, Adam Silver alluded to during his statement in the finals that they had uncovered additional information. Mm. What, what is it? Is it implied in the statement? Is it in the statement? I'd like to know that. And number two, what makes this case distinct 
from previous gun-related suspensions other than Gilbert Arenas, and that's guns in the facility. That's a totally different thing. And I don't mean to minimize this conduct. This is serious conduct. Playing with guns is not playing, period. It's super dangerous. But if you look back, even under David Stern, Steven Jackson got seven games for firing a gun outside a strip club. Raymond Felton got four games for holding an unlicensed firearm in a confrontation with, uh, I believe, his ex-wife. Why is it 25 games here? Is it, and there are probably reasonable answers to that. It could be those cases were adjudicated in the court of law. Both Raymond Felton and Stephen Jackson pleaded guilty. It could be the era of video. These things are caught on video, and that changes the whole game. It could be, as Woj mentioned, the totality of circumstances around John Morant. This is not, this is not one incident. It's not even just the two gun-related incidents. There's a whole lot of other incidents we've talked about. It could be all of that. I just think the NBA kind of should maybe proffer an explanation why this is so distinct, why 25 games. I think ultimately it's fair, but the union is also fair to say, hey, wait a second, this is a big number. It's a big, big number for, as Perk said, what is not a crime. And I don't, I'm not saying the number is wrong. I'm just saying there are gaps of information here that I think the NBA owes it to the fans, to John Moran, to the Grizzlies, to the players union to kind of explain a little bit more. That's all. Perk. No, I, I, but Zach, you got to understand, like, he just came off an eight-game suspension, and obviously he had conversations with Adam Silver, and then with less than two months, he's back at it again. I think that's what caused the 25-game suspension. Like, a two t like this is his could, second. Could be. I said the totality know, of circumstances. So, could be that's what it was. You have to imagine well, that some clarity, yeah. Perkins, Zach, is going to come in the coming weeks and the coming months, especially as to what it is that John Moran is going to need to do outside of the 25 games in order to make sure that he uh, gets that good standing with the league and returns to the court with all of the uh, appropriate action that he has done. We have a lot more to get to on this show, including more around John Moran, but also Woj is reporting that Michael Jordan has agreed to sell his majority stake in the Charlotte Hornets. So how will that impact the number two pick in next week's draft? He is going to answer that. And Mike Dunleavy, Jr., he replaces Bob Myers as the Warriors general manager. But is the Dubs dynasty in question? Bob Myers is such a big part of that. We discuss. Plus, more to come on John Morant's 25-game suspension and what's next for the Grizzlies on the court as well. NBA Today will be back after the break. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase.
Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. NBA Today is presented by Xfinity Mobile, the best kept wireless secret, and in part by Expedia, made to travel. The Warriors are the NBA's latest dynasty, four titles in eight years before losing in round two this season. And you can see some of the other great runs in NBA history here. Jordan Bulls winning six titles in eight years, Russell Celtics 11 in 13 years. The Warriors, though, on that list. Now welcoming back in the busiest reporter in sports today, Adrian Wojnarowski. Woj, it's been exactly one year since the Warriors won their fourth championship, and today they have a new general manager. So what more can you tell us about how they came to this decision? Mike Dunleavy Jr. in in so many ways has been uh, preparing for this job uh, to become the GM of the Warriors uh, ever since Bob Myers hired him as a scout at the end of his playing career in 2018. He moved up from scouting uh, to an assistant GM role and worked really closely with Bob Myers in uh, helping to build this organization, maintain it. Uh, He was there with Kevin Durant when Kevin Durant left and and all the big situations that they've had to face in this job. And listen, this is somebody who grew up in the business, obviously a 15-year NBA player, but his dad, Mike Dunleavy uh, Sr., not only a player, not only a coach, but a general manager himself of the L.A. Clippers. Right. So I think for Mike Dunleavy Jr., he knows I think the thought process in this organization, the relationships. I think he's been able to build trust with Steve Kerr, with the key players, and especially with some really key decisions coming. Uh, this was the natural progression from Bob Myers, perhaps the most accomplished executive Uh, in the NBA on his way out with four titles in essentially 11 years. Some of those key decisions, those big decisions, are the Warriors. They currently have the 19th pick in the draft. Draymond Green, he has a player option coming in the next two weeks, so there's a lot to come. How does Mike Dunleavy, how does this hire impact things for the organization? It's a continuation of the conversations uh, and the thought process that they've had for years and weeks and months leading into this, I think this really telltale time for this organization. Being able to work with Joe Lacob, their owner, with Kirk Lacob in the front office and trying to figure out how this team is going to pivot with a $500 million, possibly a $500 million payroll and luxury tax bill. They're going to be hard decisions to be made, if not this year, next year. And you mentioned it, Malika, starting uh, with Draymond Green. Is there an extension to be done with him? Is there a new contract to be done? Clay... uh, Uh, Clay Thompson at the end of his deal, one year left, uh, a lot of important decisions and somebody in Mike Dunleavy Jr. who's been in the room uh, again, who worked with very closely with Bob Myers, and I think has all the intangibles it takes uh, from having the chops of having been a player, uh, a first uh, third overall pick to the Warriors coming out of Duke. Uh, He certainly fit 
exactly what the Warriors wanted to do. They wanted to promote uh, internally. They got a deal done uh, with Mike Dunleavy yesterday, and and he moves into the big seat with a lot on his plate. A lot on his plate, Woj. Thank you so very much. Let's show everybody at home just some of what is on his plate this summer. These are some of the off-season decisions for the Golden State Warriors. Their outlook, Draymond Green, he has until June 29th. That is the deadline for his player option. And then Clay Thompson, as Woj mentioned, one year left, $43 million, but is extension eligible. And the roster could cost over $700 million in salary and taxes. That's if Draymond Green returns. So welcoming in Anscape's Mark Spears also. Richard Jefferson with us as well. So I want to spin it forward a little bit here, Mark. What does this hire mean for the organization's mindset heading into this pivotal offseason here? You know, while Bob Myers is gone, I was told that it still feels like a smooth transition in the Warriors' front office mm. uh, with the understudy of Bob Myers now taking over. Um, you know, I'm told Dunleavy already has a strong relationship with head coach Steve Kerr. He's growing in his relationship with co-owner Joe Lacob. As Woj mentioned, he's a 15-year NBA vet, so he played in the league. He was drafted by the Warriors. Wasn't that quite popular a player <laughs> in Warriors history, but he, he certainly has familiarity with the franchise. He also went to Duke, just like NBA commissioner Adam Silver, so there's a connection there. Um, I'm told that he's already met with Steph Curry and Draymond Green. The Warriors expect Draymond Green to opt out of the final year of his $26 million contract, I'm being told. Hmm. But Joe Lacob, Dunleavy, like the Warriors, they're going to do everything in their power if he does as expected to bring him back. You know, Golden State is also getting calls on Kaminga. They're getting calls on Jordan Poole. They have the 19th pick in the next week's draft. So Mike Dunleavy Jr. isn't getting no training wheels like going into this job, man. <laughs> right. he, he has a lot going on, and about the only thing Bob Myers has a decision on is uh, where they're getting coffee and lunch now before he walks out of the chasing. This is the big seat, as Woj said. I think the natural question, Richard, and we're going to have plenty of time to answer this over the next couple of weeks, but real quick here, do you think the window, considering Draymond Green, considering Bob Myers, such huge parts of everything that they've built over the last decade and some questions there now, is the window closing for them as a dynasty? What, what do you think? The window is always closing on any dynasty. That's why Fair. you need to maximize it while it is there. The window is always closing. Every season, the window gets smaller. I will say this about Mike Dunleavy, and this will be one of the hardest things I've ever said in my life. Um, he, I think, can do a very, very good job there. He went to Duke, so I don't give these people compliments very often. Uh, but I think he, I played with him. I played against him. His approach to the game, I've had many conversations with him. And I think this is the reason why the transition will be so smooth is because he has already stepped into that role over the last year, building relationships, understanding the cap, understanding what, what Joe Lakeup and that group wants. So, you know. As much as it pains to say me, I think the Golden State Warriors did a very good job in hiring of Mike Dunleavy. Man, anyone who can humble you like that, I need just, to get uh, Mike. Just, I need to get on. his advice. Let's Mike, move on. Mike Dunleavy, <laughs> we need to have a little bit of a conversation. Mark, thank you so much for spending some time with us here on NBA Today. Coming up on our show, we have more reaction to John Moran's 25-game suspension, and we'll dive into what's next for the Memphis Grizzlies on the court without him. And Victor Wembanyama, less than a week away from hearing his name called at the NBA draft, we're going to break down how his game translates to the next level. It's wild to think he really hasn't played very much within NBA rules. Insane. Yeah. Plus, I mean, should Harden stay in Philly? Should Middleton leave Milwaukee? What about Porzingis in D.C.? We're going to play a little free agency. Should I stay or should I go? Oh, now, come on, Richard. No, Give me with the backup. No. It's Monday. If it's you go, early it's Friday, baby. Monday. <clears throat> ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. 
And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Capital One. ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Allstate. We continue to cover a developing story. The NBA has suspended John Morant for 25 games to start next season. Earlier today, the league released a statement from NBA Commissioner Adam Silver saying the suspension will come with some conditions for Morant's return. Now, Ja brandished a firearm on social media. He was suspended from the Grizzlies team activities on May 14th, two months after a similar incident, which resulted in an eight-game suspension. The Grizzlies, they released a statement, as you can see, saying, quote, we respect the league's decision to suspend John Morant following this latest episode. Our standards as a league and a team are clear. We expect that all team personnel adhere to them. We now bring in our NBA reporter, Tim McMahon. And Tim, you covered the Grizzlies for a large part of this season for ESPN. What's been the reaction from inside the organization to Jaws 25-game suspension here? Uh, I would say a pretty muted reaction. And you you read what I would describe as a terse statement for, as they put it, this latest episode in the suspension. And, you know, the last time in March, you got a lot of uh, searching for a silver lining within the Grizzlies organization. Hey, this is the wake-up call he might have needed. He really does realize what's at stake now. Uh, You know, that sort of thing. It's hard to come back when he does the same thing, essentially, a couple months later and have that same sort of... Uh, approach. So obviously the Grizzlies are going to do whatever they can to support Ja, to help Ja, to try to guide him. But projecting optimism, uh, I'm, I'm not hearing a whole lot of that right now. I think it's time for actions to speak louder than prepared statements. So what can you tell us about how his suspension is going to impact the Grizzlies offseason here? I'm not sure that it will very much. They have a starting caliber point guard that they can plug into the starting lineup in Tyus Jones. Look, they've played a lot without job, whether it's injury or suspension, the last couple of years. When Tyus Jones starts, they're 34 and 15. So perhaps they might try to find some depth at point guard, whether that's in a draft or the lower cost of free agency. But look, they have a gaping hole in the starting lineup they need to fill. They are moving on from Dylan Brooks. They have been very aggressive trying to package picks to find his replacement when he was on the roster, much less now that they're allowing him to leave in free agency. So I think that will still continue to be the primary focus. And obviously, this is a franchise that's known for the last month that a suspension somewhere in this range was coming down. But I don't anticipate an overreaction in terms of personnel moves to try to fill a hole left by Jaw suspension simply because 
they've been down this road before for various reasons, and they've had a lot of success with Tyus Jones as their starting point guard. Right. The Grizzlies have won 67% of games without John Morant over the last two seasons. Tim McMahon, thank you so much for joining us here on NBA Today. Ramona Shelburne, Richard Jefferson, Mark Spears, Zach Lowe are all with me now as well. So, Zach, I want to start with you on this one. What are the implications? We just heard Tim reference Tyus Jones, right, for the Grizzlies in light of Jaws' suspension. I, I honestly think nothing. I mean, there's nothing they can really do except hope that Ja makes the changes that he said he's going to make. And if he doesn't, if this proves to be a lasting issue that derails them season after season, then they have to change the direction of their franchise. For now, I just think you assume hope for the best. You have a great backup point guard. You just read their winning percentage without John Morant. It's outstanding. Ride out 25 games. Continue building just as you were building before. Reincorporate him and move on. If we're having the same conversation in a year, it's a different story. But we could look back on this as just sort of not a blip on the radar, but a small challenge that they had to overcome in terms of their team building. I don't really think anything has to change, to be honest. You know, I think we were all at that press conference at the NBA Finals when Adam Silver essentially said, that was asked, what, what, what's going to get through to John Morant? What is, what is going to get him to not behave in this manner and not do things that are reckless with guns and be on social media in this, in this fashion? He, and he said, quite frankly, I don't know. And this is his attempt to correct the behavior. This is his attempt to change the behavior. And, and I understand, I've, I've, I've thought about this one a lot because he hasn't broken any laws, okay? There's, this is an open carry state in Tennessee. And in that, in that statement the NBA issued, you can see that Ja Morant essentially said, yes, I knew I was being recorded. Yes, I knew what was happening because the, it's, in the, it's in the statement. Yeah. But, you know, Donald Sterling didn't break any laws either. Neither did Robert Sarver, essentially. This is Adam Silver's right to suspend him for conduct detrimental to the league. And so that's where we arrive at this 25-game penalty. It's it's more than what he got on the first one. And I thought it was interesting. Nike came with a statement as well saying, we stand behind John Morant. We want to support him on and off the court. And so this is an attempt to correct behavior that is reckless and is not in the best interest of the league. One of the things that Adam Silver said in the statement today and is also sort of alluded to in the various conversations in this press conference and the conversation mm-hmm. we had uh, on ESPN ahead of the draft yep. lottery is that what is enough time to leave John Morant time to reflect on this and to also look into what is truly important to change right. this behavior. And 25 games is certainly a large step up from the eight-game suspension that we saw a couple of weeks ago. But it also penalizes Mark Spears, in some ways, the Memphis Grizzlies. Yep. And, and they're going to be, they have huge expectations for themselves to come back further than they did in the postseason last year. How do you expect this to affect the team? Yeah, um, you know, I, I, I do wonder if the NBA took into account the two Washington Post stories that were certainly, to me, much more damaging than the other things that Ja did. But with you got an NBA All-Star that's at least out 30% of the season. 30% of the season, you know, where did the Grizzlies go from here? I never really understood this Dylan Brooks is out. We don't want him back. That thing, I know he gets a lot of texts. I know he's not uh, the greatest offensively decision-wise. And Ramona pointed out long ago that, you know, he wanted a big contract, perhaps 25 mil per season. But how do you replace that 24 points a game? You know, Memphis has a $12.12 million mid-level exception. If they stay without Brooks, they have to replace Morant his 26 points a game with two unproven guards in mm. Zaire Williams and David Roddy, who averaged less than seven points per game. So 
there are some shooting guards on the free agent market if they don't get Brooks back, but they might have to do a kumbaya and, and, and hug Brooks and bring him back because, uh, I mean, 30% of the season is, is very detrimental to this team that was 11-10 and 10 without Ja last season. Really quickly, Malika, to your point about the Memphis Grizzlies being affected, they should be affected because ultimately everything that we saw, the Memphis Grizzlies knew what was going on behind the scenes. So the fact that they didn't act, the fact that they didn't punish him, the fact that they didn't send messages and let him know, like, this is not how our organization works. This is where it happens and it should affect them. Okay, if you guys aren't going to handle your stuff in-house, then we're going to handle it outside the house. We have control. So those 25 games is going to affect you guys a ton and it should. Yeah, and they're certainly going to feel it you have to assume that Tyus Jones is going to play a huge role it's the final year of his contract you have to presume he's going to be the starting point guard for this team at least for the first 25 games of this season all right we're going to get a little bit more into this still to come on our show but also Victor Wembanyama dominated in France's top pro league but will he be even better in the NBA eventually we're going to talk about expectations on the Wemby watch coming up Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun. Now streaming on Hulu. You're watching NBA Today, presented by Xfinity Mobile. Boston selects Larry Bird. The sixth pick. Hobbles his own shot. There's nobody better with a game on the line. Turn the ball away. It's gone. Oh, my God. With the sixth pick, the Portland Trailblazers select Damian Lillard of Weber State University. Lillard, he got the shot off. With the sixth pick in the NBA draft. We are less than a week away from the 2023 NBA draft. And joining us now is our expert, Jonathan Gavoni. Thank you for spending the time. So, Jonathan, Victor Wembanyama's LBN season, it's officially over now. I want to take a little bit of a deeper dive into what specific skill set do you see that is going to translate to the next level in the NBA? Well, Malika, he has so many skills that we could talk about, but I want to talk, discuss the intersection of size, length, mobility, and basketball instincts that's basically unprecedented in NBA history. Seven foot five with an eight foot wingspan who can cover ground seamlessly and anticipate plays before they happen. Before anybody in the defense realizes what's happening, he plants, pivots, explodes off the ground with incredible quickness, getting off his feet and just changing the geometry of the game, playing at angles that 
nobody can execute at this level. And then the skill level on top of that, we show here, creating his own shot, the footwork and ball handling ability to get into this step back three pointer. He made plays like this look routine as the season moved on. And then the defensive impact, the way, uh, the way he covers ground, uh, not in the play here, but then bam, turns, plants, erases the shot against the glass. Uh, You know, not watching, not watching, boom, turn, boom, pin the ball against the glass. I mean, these these type of plays are going to be for him every single game in the NBA level. And he's going to make an impact defensively. And that's why I see the Spurs, uh, you know, rookie of the year, all-star candidate and potential play-in game a year one for Victor Wimbanyama. You know, it's wild to me. I was thinking about this yesterday, Jonathan, after you and Kendrick Perkins said that he could be an all-star in year one, that he has only played in NBA rules, essentially, when he came over and played uh, against Scoot Henderson in the G League Ignite in those exhibition games in Las Vegas. And to think that he was that good and that the NBA rules actually may be easier for him is wild to think about. Jonathan Gavoni, thank you so much for spending some time with us here on on NBA Today. Take a look. Here is the latest from ESPN's mock draft. Jonathan Gavoni, Jeremy Wu. It looks like after number one, Victor Wembanyama. You have Brandon Miller going to Charlotte at two. You can see Scoot Henderson here to Portland at three. And this is how the rest of the top ten are Wu and Gavoni have shaking out. Some more news on a team at the top of the draft. Michael Jordan is finalizing the sale of the Charlotte Hornets to a group led by Gabe Plotkin and Rick Schnell, ending his 13-year run as the majority owner. That's according to our Adrian Wojnarowski. So for more on the Hornets sale, Woj joins us once again. We're six days away from the draft here, Woj. What is the impact going to be of this sale on the Hornets moving forward? Yeah, Malika, the, the new ownership group, Gabe Plotkin, Rick Schnall, they're not going to be vetted, approved by the league in time for them to have uh, control of the team for the draft, for free agency. So Michael Jordan will continue uh, in that role, overseeing his front office, uh, Mitch Kupchak, and, and, and as they mull over that number two overall pick, they've got five picks out of the first 41, uh, some important decisions in free agency. But I think you've got a group coming in, Malika, uh, especially Rick Schnall, who's been part of that ownership group in Atlanta, who knows how an organization runs, knows how it works between ownership and how to support your front office and coaches. And I think there's a lot of uh, infrastructure growth uh, to be had in Charlotte. I think this is a group uh, that is well-regarded, well-known in NBA circles uh, and can try to build on what's a, a very good core uh, with LaMelo Ball, with potentially now, maybe it's Brandon Miller at number two uh, on this Hornets roster, but I think there's an opportunity here in a market that is a really uh, popular NBA market, a city that loves this organization. Uh, they've not had a great deal of success with Michael Jordan in these 13 years, uh, but I think you have a group coming in now motivated, I'm told, a $3 billion valuation uh, in the purchase of that majority stake. And I think uh, over time, you'll start to see this group, uh, Plotkin and Schnall, really put their imprint 
on this franchise. Yeah, over Jordan's 13 seasons at the helm of this franchise, just a f- in bottom five in win percentage, have just three playoff wins in two playoff appearances. Woj, thank you so much for spending some time with us on NBA Today. Coming up, we're going to dive into free agency because it officially begins on June 30th. But several top players, they have some major decisions to make here, Richard. Should we play a little stay or go? A little money moves, time to make some money moves. That's next on NBA Today. You're not going to want to miss that. Is Brucey B going anywhere? Hell no. Hell no. Hell no. Hey, we run this back. We run this back. Oh yeah. Come on. Get loud. Get loud. I got a question for y'all. One question. One question. One question. One more here. So Bruce Brown has a $6.8 million player option for next season, but he's not the only one. Some notable players with big money decisions to make this offseason, including Chris Middleton, Porzingis, Harden, and Draymond Green. And no doubt, Bruce Brown, he was caught up in the moment a little bit. But uh, Richard, you've been in a similar situation. Can we run this back, please? Are you a politician? One more year there, Jenny. One more year. How do you say no to that? You guys think I should play one more year? If you guys want me to play one more year, I'll play one more year. Well, there, there you have it. This Enough is said. called a... That's it. I'm out. I'm going to say I was far drunker than Bruce when I said that. <laughs> and I, I and also said that before Kevin Durant signed with the Warriors, so I probably should have gone out the way I did. So, you know, that's just me. That's, that's just you. All right, let's go through some of those other names and decide who should stay, who should go. You each have 24 seconds on the shot clock to make a case to these players. All right, James Harden. He's expected to opt out, but that doesn't mean he's actually going to leave Philadelphia. So, Richard, should he stay or should he go now? If he wants to win, he should stay. If he wants to go back to being the man and making more money, then he should probably go. I think people want to see the best players on the biggest stages making the biggest shots. If that's the case, if that's what he wants for himself, then he should stay in Philadelphia next to that MVP. Okay, well, how about this? Chris Middleton has a $40 million option. Zach, it's hard to imagine him at this point in any other jersey. Should he stay or should he go? Now that question is almost as much up to the Bucks as it is to him because if he opts out, one reason he might do so is to sign a longer-term deal with Milwaukee. If Milwaukee wants to shake up its team, one way to do that is to flip Chris Middleton somewhere else. This is one of the biggest, most important decisions of the offseason because the Bucks cannot afford to take a step back as long as Giannis is in his prime. What he should do, he'll map it out. For, for it to work out for him, I don't know, but it's a big decision. What about Chris Stapp's Porzingis? He has a $36 million option. That decision is a lot more complicated, knowing that the Wizards are exploring trades for Bradley Beal if they do decide to blow up this roster. So, Perk, does Porzingis stay or go? He stays. I think uh, he had a nice year last year. I think the Wizards, they embraced who he is, and I think it's a perfect situation for him. Uh, the coach is letting him be the best version of himself. If I'm Porzingis, I stay and I, I take up my player option. Yeah, I, I agree, though, with Zach Lowe. I think watching what Chris Middleton does this summer is one of the most fascinating storylines that we're going to see. I do know, though, someone who is always ready to stay, to go, to do whatever we need is one of our very own. Take a look at this. 
Oh my God. <laughs> Look at them ashy knees, bro. Her, Look at those you? knees, uh, bro. What? Uh, what are you what wearing? What's happening here? Ew. Oh, poor uh, Perk. We're always watching. Uh, We're uh, always watching. Uh, 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 always no, wear pants. Always. Uh, always wear pants. No, no. Put some lotion on that skin. Well, 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 first of all, I didn't have time to put on lotion. I got in at 11 o'clock last night, and then I had to wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning. Oh, dude, everybody's got a scrapbook, two hours to get up. I worked two hours of first take, and then I did just then, and now I'm here on NBA oh. Today with another hour left. <laughs> After this, so I mean, you know, I'm punching in the clock, and this is my attire. We appreciate it. When I have to do things myself, yeah, RJ, you missed the show yesterday. You All missed your flight. You're supposed I was to be flying in. back from working. Well, right? we we do know that Perk is the hardest working man <laughs> in this industry. He he just he is. is. Perk, is All that we hard. ask is that when we have you covered for our three free agency specials, three? That you wear pants. Yes, it starts June 30th from three to six, and then an hour later you can get coffee in that hour from seven to nine Eastern, and then again, Rich, July 1st from two to four Eastern. All of that is on ESPN. So many hours of free. Agency programming coming up with Perk, with Richard, with Zach, ESPN and one? myself. ESPN One? Yes. Okay, I'll be here. Oh, still ahead on NBA Today. The NBA disciplines John Morant. More reaction from our panel about the 25 game suspension coming up in 60 seconds. NBA Today is presented by Xfinity Mobile, the best kept wireless secret. We continue reacting to the news that John Morant has been suspended for 25 games to start the 23-24 season. Zach, your final thoughts for today on this. It was expected. Whether it's fair or not will be determined, but I think it's fair-ish. And the Grizzlies will move on and probably play okay and stay afloat without him. And then the big question is, what happens next? Look. This is going, it's already cost him $40 million because he did not make all NBA last year. By definition now, because it's 25 games, he will not be able to play in 65 games. And so that's another $40 million. His Nikes came out, they sold out within 20 minutes. And so Nike has issued a statement saying, We stand by him. We appreciate that he accepts responsibility. But there have, there have already been significant financial consequences for Ja Morant. They have been mitigated. And as Tim McMahon said earlier in the show, there was a, there was a sense of relief when this first happened. Happen. Like, maybe this is what's going to get through to him. Maybe now this is what's going to get through and we see some correction in the behavior. Perk? Can we just move forward? I mean, now he got his suspension. We all know what's happening. And now can we just move forward to the draft and all the positive things, free agency, things to that nature. Yeah. And let Josh just learn from this. I believe he will. Yeah, it certainly it's one of those things where the league wanted to get yeah. through the Denver Nuggets championship, the parade, before we saw this. And now have it be in the rearview window as we head towards the draft. Uh, Richard, your final thoughts. Well, I, I'm glad that the NBA handled it the way they, that they did. They should have waited till the end of the postseason to not blemish anything positive that we were talking about. But I stand by what I said earlier about the Memphis Grizzlies. 
Uh, I don't care if how much it impacts them. Honestly, don't care how much it impacts their fans from a positive Ooh. way in the sense of this. They knew all of these things were going on. They were le- getting out. They were getting out. More and more information was getting out, and it was never handled internally properly. Shoot, even when it got out the first time, it was not handled externally the right way. And so the NBA had to step in for a second time. So when they talk about the impact of the Memphis Grizzlies, when we talk about what they do, what we should be talking about, what they should have done months and months ago. Mm-hmm. So for me, I think this is a great lesson to all of the teams. Handle your stuff internally before mom and dad get home and then it has to be handled in a different way. I think there's a sometimes a misconception as to what all of us root for here. Mm-hmm. We root for good basketball. We root for good games. We root for things that are entertaining and yeah. for the health of the league because ultimately all of us got into this because we are fans of the game, because we appreciate this game that is so great. And I remember having a conversation with John Moran after they, he was eliminated, after the Grizzlies were eliminated yeah. by uh, the Los Angeles Lakers. And we were just chatting as he was leaving the arena. And I said, I, you know, you've been through a lot this season. I, I hope that you can move forward. And he said, you know what, I really think I will. And certainly in this moment, I think that's all of our hope for John Morant, is that with this 25-game suspension, he's going to have the time to reflect on all of this, to be better, to move forward, and that no one gets hurt. I know. Well said. Well said. We all root for him, and I think that starts with him as one of the faces of the league to get the proper help because our job is to grow the game. Absolutely. That's going to do it for us here on NBA Today. Thank you for spending some time with us this week. Enjoy your weekend, and we will see you Monday. Wait, today's Friday? With Richard hosting. Today's, today's Friday. Oh, boy. Yeah. Ty? No. Uh-